Okay, let's try this again, ladies and gentlemen. How are you guys doing tonight? We're running into some technical difficulties, but we're gonna uh, try to get you the best quality we can tonight. It's your boy Mike and Merv on the Mike and Merv podcast. Merv, say what's up to the people. Hey, everybody. I know we try to keep the LeBron talk to a minimum. I'm getting sick of hearing the man's voice and, and, and this guy across from me. And also, I'm getting sick of hearing about. And it's just there's a lot of the guy who just lost the NBA Finals. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Okay. Well, since you don't want to talk about LeBron and the fans do, we recently did a poll last last night. Well, yesterday afternoon, ran into about last night, and. Um, we let the fans pick. So the first topic is from my boy uh, Mike Agents over here in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. He wants us to talk about Kobe, Braun, and Jordan, and you know, talk about the first fifteen seasons. But if we do all that, that'll be a whole nother show. So we're just gonna really talk about you know them three. As just an individual player. To me, I say Kobe, you know, is a beast. I grew up with Kobe. My very close homeboy in New York, shout out to Amin. He's a big-time Kobe fan. Kobe is what you say the killer mentality as a basketball player. Career average, 25 points a game. LeBron, I would say LeBron is – the modern day Scottie Pippen at him averaging 27.5 per game. Then you got the GOAT, Jordan, who's averaging 30.1 for his career. And that was with four years missing, three years being retired and one year out of out of uh, playing minor league baseball. So who knows the amount of rings that Jordan could have left with. But I put him in three categories. Like I said, Kobe, killer mentality, LeBron, best best athlete, and Jordan, just all-around GOAT player. Hmm. Now, let's see. I, I would argue with you on that only because of the fact that I've, I've only heard about this. The Jordan guy was a myth. The, like, like he was the greatest of all time, but, but being the age I met him at 30 years old, uh, I was a I was a very young kid during Jordan's run. Uh, I can say for fact that I I do slightly remember those those later Utah Jazz series he had. I remember everybody was being super excited about this man who could see the tongue hanging out of his mouth. And I respect the guy. Look at the guy's stat line. The guy played both sides of the ball. The guy was amazing under pressure. We've all heard about the legendary. I got the flu game, so on and so forth. And the man even saved Bugs Bunny and the Earth from aliens. So the guy's obviously one of the greatest, if not the greatest. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe's a different character. Kobe, you got you got two guys. You got Kobe, you got young Kobe, uh, athletic Kobe, jumping out the gym Kobe, taking Brandy to prom Kobe. Uh, then you got you know when he starts to become that that kind of that that leader of that team. That's slightly after uh, the Shaq stuff, and then you fall into Colorado, which we won't get into right now. And then, and then you get into 24, who is just a defensive mastermind, uh, a beast among men, uh, you know, the Mamba, that Viper with the with venom, ice water through his veins. 
Um, then you got LeBron. LeBron, I would say, is the evolution of this type of thing. He's bigger than both of these guys, so obviously going to command more more on the paint. He obviously has a little bit easier scoring because of how big he is. But the man showing to have an all-around game as well. Uh, it's not really – it's hard to compare these because they're so different. Kobe and Jordan, that's kind of apples and oranges. But Kobe, Jordan, and LeBron, they go apples, oranges, then you could throw a carrot in the mix. The two completely different things. They're all they're, – like, obviously, Jordan's just going in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, Kobe's a first ballot. Uh, you know, LeBron's going to go in there as well. I think the only thing that's that's making LeBron that kind of a hot name is the fact that he he has a stigma about him being with the whole, uh, you know, the decision and then the whole argument. It's, it's really – I feel bad for the guy because he has a Hall of Fame career, but but it's, he lives in the wrong time, the social media time. If this happened in the 1980s, be the greatest and that would be it but because of the world we have where everybody everybody's got an opinion including the people on this podcast this is it's a little tough for the guy it is but i what upsets me sometimes you know i won't spend too much more on this is okay lebron is a once in a generational type player but are we just gonna skip him over kobe and put him in a conversation with jordan like why we can't compare Kobe and LeBron, you know, it's, I feel like Kobe's not getting the decent amount of respect that he deserves. He's kind of getting washed away in this GOAT talk. I mean, LeBron still is still pumping, but I just feel like Kobe gets disrespected sometimes. I don't believe so. I think it's because is that you're, when you speak of Jordan, you're speaking, when you speak of Kobe, you're saying Kobe and Jordan in the same sentence. Because they're both virtually mirror images of each other. Even their career highlights are virtual images of each other, are mirrors of each other. It's so I don't think that he's getting outwashed. I think it's just, it's just a different conversation. The same reason why you don't compare, let's say, Dirk Nowinski to you know Pistol Pete. There's two different types of players. No matter who's playing now, who played back then, it's, it's hard to compare who's the greatest. I mean, for for all you say how great you know Jordan is, he's not he's not the the guy on on on, on the NBA logo. So what does that let you say? True. So, uh, sticking with the NBA, like I said, we heavy on the NBA topic here. We take another fan's uh, vote. A boy, Austin, actually plays semi-football with a guy. He's uh, really, really good. Plays on the defensive side. He said, what should the Spurs do with Kawhi Leonard? And this was before I got an inside scoop that Greg Popovich flew out to L.A. to meet with Kawhi Leonard himself. I don't know if Kawhi Leonard's camp was in the meeting. And from preliminary, you know, stories that I've read, Kawhi was doing everything in his power to avoid the meeting. So I think the damage is done there. They should just trade him. I've read that they do not want to send him to the West, possibly to not see him. In a, in a possible playoff series. I, I don't I, – I, like I said, I think the damage is done. You think there's some damage control here or no? Um, I think I think Pop could do it. I think the fact that you, you don't see Pop really go out of his way a lot. Normally, uh, he keeps a pretty clean house as it comes to his team. Uh, the fact that he's willing to go this far out means he must know something. Uh, why Kawhi what – they, what they apparently have they've done on that team to this man apparently seems unforgivable. Uh, I don't know where his head's at right now. I don't even know if, if he's really trying to go to the Lakers, so to speak. 
I still say that the Clippers are going to get a super secret big time name this offseason, but nobody believes me. I'm not. Uh, like I said, we talked about this on the previous podcast. I don't see the Clippers, even though they're in the same arena as the I don't see them bringing a, a big name guy. It's, it's not enticing for if I'm Kawhi, LeBron. PG, all those guys that are have a lot of big decisions to make in this summer. I don't. I'm not enticed by what the Clippers are offering. I don't understand why not. They had virtually a similar season than the Lakers did. You're walking on a team that either way, you're you're at least two stars away from having serious championship contention. You get all the glitz and glamour of Hollywood without the added pressure of being on the championship caliber team that the Lakers have had over the last 50 years. It seems like the perfect place to go, especially for Kawhi Leonard, uh, more of a low-key guy. He's not really, you know, a boisterous like the rest of these folks out here. You know, it's like the perfect place for him to go if he wants to be uh, out in L.A. anyway. True, I, but these guys, they they want to play in the market. So I think the Lakers do get Kawhi Leonard. I don't see them pulling off Kawhi, Braun, and PG. I think LeBron shocks everybody. And, you know, shout out to my boy Chris, what I'm about to say. Um, I think LeBron will take his talents to Philly and surprise a lot of people. You know, they have some retooling to do if LeBron goes, but I see him going to Philadelphia. Hey, man, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't sell no boats in Philly. And and we all know about the Manana Bowl boys. So I 100% believe that LeBron ends up uh, at in the Lakers camp. I don't believe he goes to Philly. I don't see the point. I don't see him staying in that northeast, slightly Midwest region. It seems like a spit in the face to two states over uh, in Ohio. And I don't – it just doesn't make any sense. Because think about it. I say he stays in the east because right now LeBron runs the east. It's the Eastern Conference – and LeBron, that's it. And in the West, it's it's a bunch of teams fighting. You know, you know, pretty much your top three or four teams. But LeBron knows he can stay in the East, keep his power, and go into possibly a NBA final with Joel Embiid, if if healthy, Ben Simmons. And I don't. I'm not saying those guys match up extremely well with. Golden State, but that would be an exciting series to see that. Nah, man, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this on the low, and and I hope I hope somehow this this gets uh, this gets you know into the right person's ear, and somebody tells LeBron uh, if he's smart, if he's smart, he'll go to Toronto. Toronto's got a win now team. They're one star away from making it to where they need to go. And technically, if he goes with Embiid and mode it, then that'll be him the best player in two countries. Imagine that best player in two countries. That's not uh, not a lot of people can say that. So, uh, well, like I said, we could talk about LeBron and all the other stuff. Let's get into another topic that I do want. You watch basketball, right? You you're pretty knowledgeable. I know you know about my boy. Uh, Rudy Gay mm-hmm. gets traded pretty much every year as a free agent in half the year or is it the end of the year. We have 
a new I think we have a Rudy Gay 2.0 and his name is Dwight Howard. Ever ever since this man has left the I wouldn't say perennial playoff team. They had a really good team in Orlando. I think him forcing his way out to LA at the time was pretty much the and I want to say the ending of his career is just he hasn't really recovered since he's left Orlando. He hasn't been this dominant player. He's been serviceable at best. And I'm starting to wonder why he's always on the move. You know, um, I thought when he went to Houston, that was probably his best chance. And he's just not he's not looking like a cornerstone guy anymore. That's why I think he's always ended up in trade talks. And just in what I read earlier, the Hornets haven't reached a possible trade with the Nets. Timothy, Timothy and a possible second round pick in next year's draft. This is right now pending a physical, but this just goes to show you he's, He's trending on Rudy Gay Waters right now, if you ask me. Uh, I'm more upset about the fact that my that my Brooklyn Nets keep trading for guys that are on the wrong side of 30. Yes. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. I don't think it's a Rudy Gay situation because Rudy Gay is is an is still an amazing player coming off the bench on any team. Uh, Dwight Howard, man, I think he's lost a passion, bro. Ever since he left L.A., he just – he just hasn't cared about the game. He just hasn't been that dude. He hasn't been that Superman guy, you know, shaking his hips and everything. He just hasn't been that dude. He's kind of just showed up, clocked in, done his eight, hit the gate, you know, looking, looking like a man that just does it for the sake of getting a paycheck at this point. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't see him trying to do anything to improve. Um, you know, his numbers have been steadily declining since, his, since he's left Orlando. You know, they're not even building systems around him. I don't think it's a Rudy Gay situation. I think he just happens to be a name for the most part uh, from years back at this point. And, and he just, he's just a journeyman. That's all he is. I, I'd, I'd say it's Shaq, but I'd say for the first five or six teams Shaq was on, he was a needed member and he was, a, he was heralded for coming in. Uh, people are just getting rid of Dwight Howard just to, just to clear cap room and get whatever draft picks they can get at this point. Yeah. I'm pretty, he's pretty much a thing of the past now, but well, end the NBA talk and uh, we'll get into a uh, another fan favorite from recent polls. Uh, we asked the fans name five impact NFL free agents and five bus free agents from this year's NFL free agency. And I, I'm, I like, I like the names that I have on the impact list. I have uh, some clear-cut favorites on the bus list. So uh, I think we're going to go ahead and start with the impact list. Obviously, we're going to go with positive before negative. That's what we try to put on the show, positive vibes. Number one with the most votes is Kirk Cousins moving to the Vikings. Overrated. You think he's he he's not putting the impact with the Vikings? I think he was protected by the Vikings. I think he was protected by the Redskins' offensive line. Uh, they have one of the best left tackles in the game. I think he goes to the Purple People leaders. And if that defense is even a slightly bit less than it was last season, Kirk Cousins is going to have a long year. He's going to get exposed. 
I I think is a I want to say slight like just above um, Case Keenum, which they had last year, that took them to the NFC Championship game. Not saying that it was all Keenum. Of course, that defense and special teams played a vital role, but Case Keenum in that NFC Championship game stood no chance. The Eagles have one of the one of or probably the worst pass defenses in the NFL. Tom Brady proved that on the Super Bowl, passing for 500-plus yards. That was a time for Case Keenan to, you know, drop his nuts and show that why he's not considered a journeyman and probably possible starter for a Super Bowl contender. I think Cousins puts them over the top. I'm not, I'm not screaming Super Bowl yet because I want to see how Dalvin Cook comes back into the equation. But I'm, I'm feeling Cousins in the impact list at, at, at the number one spot right now. The uh, number two spot is kind of uh, kind of real, a touchy subject for you, I'm, and I kind of facilitated him to be on this list. You better watch your mouth. What are you going to say? I, uh, we got your boy Jimmy Graham coming in at the number two impact free agent coming into this season. Look, man, uh, I think that's reckless. He only did minimal work in, uh, in Seattle. And he's working on some kind of weird, newfangled stem cell research to get back on the field quicker. I don't like technology. I don't like Jimmy Graham. I don't like the move to Green Bay. Okay, so you're not buying Jimmy Graham. I'm. I like it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers hasn't had a real tight end. It seems like every time you turn on the Packer game, they have a different tight end. I think they just beef up their wide receivers and just tell them to move to tight end. Um, I'm not buying him at two, you know, but I, I think I think he can have a really good I say six to eight hundred yards if he stays healthy for Rogers. Well, Going you know, you're not feeling it? I'm not feeling it, man. Uh I think I, I I if I could replace that, I'm gonna go if I if I get a chance and I can replace it and put somebody who's gonna make a major impact this coming season, I'm gonna go on the other side of the ball. And I'm going to go Adamakin Sue on a young, revitalized uh, Los Angeles Rams team. I think he's going to make the second most impact as a free agent, having moved from one team. I like it. Number three, uh, not a lot of people are talking about this guy. And uh, I'm sorry, is talking about this guy. Um, very underrated guy, Tremaine Johnson, moving from – the L.A. Rams to the New York Jets. I think he's a plug-in guy. I don't know what's he going to play because, you know, he's really – he's kind of – to me, he's kind of like a hybrid type. But in a young, up-and-coming Jets defense, you got a veteran like this guy who's going to put his nose in. He's a corner, but he likes to tackle. He kind of hits like a safety. Plug him in with Jamal Adams and Marcus Mann and all the other young guys they have there. I think the Jets – to me, they get an A, A plus on this uh, Tremaine Johnson signing. Nah, man, I might have to go with a different one. I think I think Richard Sherman is going to have a greater impact uh, on the on the 49ers, Honestly, coming off a uh, injury like that. Hey, man, he's, young, he's he's still in his prime. 
he's coming he's, he's coming off a chip off his shoulder. He's finally on a new team. He finally got out of that toxic situation that we call Seattle. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to yeah. do work. And if not him, I might go with this. I might have a sleeper pick. I might have a sleeper pick right now. Who? Uh, if, if he remains the starter, which I doubt he will, but if he does, I think Tyrod Taylor will have a Pro Bowl year. For the Browns. For the mother-loving Browns. Oh, I mean, that's – I agree. You know, he's – a lot of people, you know, doesn't give that man enough credit. We saw during the regular season when they benched him one game and uh, their backup, Nathan Pierman, threw six interceptions to the terrible San Diego Chargers defense. But I, I can – we can take – we can put uh, tie for third with Tremaine Johnson and Tyron Taylor. We'll put them both at there. Number four, this kind of hurts me, is a fellow Panther, our left guard, Andrew Noel, took the money and uh, came down to uh, Jacksonville to probably solidify that left side of that line. I think it's a great signing. Jacksonville's they're already proven that they want to run the ball down your throat. He's under 25, I think he's going to be 25 this year. Uh, he was rated the second left, second best left guard in football the past two seasons. I think Jacksonville gets five stars, A++ for this time. And they addressed it in need, and they got, to me, the best free agent in the class. Hmm. I, I'll see that and raise you uh, a positive to my New Orleans Saints uh, where we pick up wide receiver uh, Cameron Meredith. Uh, I think Cameron Meredith coming off of what he did in Chicago, uh, coming in fresh, coming into a situation where he's one of many weapons Drew Brees has to look into. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't leave anybody almost non-single guarded uh, against the pass attack with Drew Brees at the helm. Because he makes any superstar, like any wide receiver, into a superstar. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, Cameron Meredith as as a better number four pick, uh, just because of the offense he's going to. Okay, well, that's where we, we're here to agree to disagree. Coming in at number five is kind of a it's kind of an iffy for me. You know, this is going to be the first time where he's the clear cut number one guy. Um, I'm talking about Malcolm Butler signing to the Tennessee Titans. They gave him his money. He clearly wanted out of he clearly wanted out of New England. He almost went to New Orleans. So now he has a chance to be the number one guy and show that that one play in the Super Bowl was not a fluke. I'm not too sold on his confidence being the number one guy, but like I said, you're getting paid to do to do so. So I think it's a little reach, but I'm I'm okay with putting him at five. I I, I know we weren't trying to promote this yet, but I'm going to say this: if everything works out and the stars align, and 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 we get our first live show done uh, in the next few days, I need you to look me dead in my eye, dead in my eye. And tell me you knew and or cared who Malcolm Butler was before he made the luckiest interception in Super Bowl history. I didn't even know he was in the NFL. Exactly. 
Exactly. That man has been skating on that his entire time. He's never had a Pro Bowl season. You know, he he's never changed the game when he's on the field. He's not he's not the he's not a you know a, a quote unquote you know a Darrell Rivas type a Champ Bailey type. You know, he's not he's not a, a, a Patrick Peterson. He's he's not he's not this kind of guy who he changes the way the offense has to work because he's on the field. I want to remove him off the list and put in my pick for comeback player of the year next year. I'm going to give you Sammy Watkins going on to a revitalized offense in Kansas City. Okay. All right, we can do that. Um, let's go into the bust side of this uh, of this topic. And speaking of your boy Sammy Watkins, he has come in at the number one possible bust agent for the 2018 and a lot of fans are leaving comments saying if he can if he can stay healthy all year he can be an impact but knowing Sammy Watkins he ain't going to give you more than eight games and that was one of that was a fan leaving a comment me personally I have no problem with Sammy Watkins but to put him in a situation with a rookie quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, you know, I don't, I don't see his real true impact. You know, teams are not really going to be worried about him. They're worried about Tyreek Hill first, then Kelsey, then Hunt, then Watkins falls fourth, maybe even fifth on that list right there. If you ask me, they signed, they signed another decent running back out of uh, Miami the Chiefs did in name of Damian Williams. So Sammy's maybe the fifth or sixth option on that team right now, if you ask me. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. And don't get me wrong, Damian Williams is that dude. My argument is that all he needs is one good injury, one good injury on one of those other players on that team, and they become Sammy Watkins wide receiver core. He may have been a draft bust, but the man still has intangibles. He's not a bad football player. He's just been put in bad situations. I think Kansas City might be the situation he needs to go for. If I'm going for a bust, I'll stay in the wide receiver department. I'm going to put that Brandon punk ass used to be a St. Cooks is going to oh, fall flat man. on his face. Going to fall flat on his face in L.A. He's pretty – but if you if you think about it, he's pretty much going to take Sammy Watkins' spot. And Sammy Watkins looked about as productive as he did – maybe his first year in Buffalo with Jared Goff and the type of offense that uh, their, their young head coach out there in Vance McVay was running in uh, L.A. Nah, man, because Brandon Cooks doesn't run the West Coast. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> All right, let's go into the second one. A lot of fans probably may not have heard this guy. He was a first-round draft pick of the Oakland Raiders. We're going DJ Hayden. He recently signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars, I think, took a loss and let their, one of their top slot corners, Aaron Colvin, go. They let them go into the division, so I think that might come back and bite them. And instead of addressing, you know, no knock on DJ Hayden, but he's I don't think he's ready to step into a Super Bowl caliber defense like Jacksonville, a.k.a. Saxonville has. I think that's a real, real, real reach for Jacksonville right now, and I can possibly see him being benched or released probably before midseason's end. 
I mean, I get what you're saying. I think I think the man has a chance to redeem himself. I don't think he's the bust everybody thinks he is. I think he just hasn't had the right opportunity. If I could make a change to that, I'm going to go personally with uh, the Indianapolis Colts, and I'd pick um, tight end Eric Ebron. Uh, the man wasn't good in Detroit. And and I'm telling you right now, man, I don't think the guy who turns the lights on in the stadium in Indianapolis knows who's going to throw the ball this coming season. <laughs> so, not only, so not only do you not have a real quarterback, uh, you have a tight end who's not going to put in the work and who's going to be on a, an abysmal offense. So an abysmal player on an abysmal offense is just it's not going to work. Two, two wrong. Two wrongs don't make a right, just like two of his hands don't make a catch. So Listen, I, don't know what to I, tell you. I was never good in math, but I'm pretty sure two negatives don't make a positive. Exactly. So if we're going in, and I hope, and, and I'm going to be really upset if he doesn't make this list, uh, he's going to have as much impact on the game as I'm going to have yelling from my couch. <laughs> okay, let's get into the third one, and I'm pretty sure I'll get a nice reaction out of you. And I, the fans, I'm pretty sure they know how you feel about your boy, everywhere I go, I get 40-plus million Sam Bradford. Why is this oh. man still getting 40-plus oh, million? What is he telling teams that we don't know? Like, I, I, I don't understand it. Look, man, look, man, my man is in the same vein as, 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 a, as, a, as, a, as a Kevin Cobb, uh, as a Matt Schaub. Uh, you know, uh, some people just make a career out of being uh, a backup quarterback, and he's a transitional quarterback. He's the guy who's like, yo, man, we need somebody to, to, to play this game. Yo, man, hold my beer. He's that guy until but, you get a guy in there to do it. So he just he's a placeholder. I, what I want to know is, it, is, does he sell himself or does his agent do a real good job? Because if it's his agent – I think his agent needs to be our agent so we can get this money like Sam Bradford. No, because I don't want him walking into a larger market. I don't need his agent walking into Spotify going, hey, man, I got these guys. He hands them a business card, and it says Mike and Merv. I guess you could do worse. <laughs> so, Listen, so Sam I, I, I want to get in touch with Sam Bradford's camp and know what in the heck are they telling teams – this man got two years, $40 million. Look, man, they, they had no other option. You saw who they brought in uh, as the backup last year. Uh, ever since uh, Carson Palmer has decided to just hang it up, they, they don't know what to do. And, and, and the trick is this. Every couple of years, like every, like, three years, uh, Sam Bradford, the, the, the moon's aligned in the right place. And 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 Venus is in is an Earth retrograde, and he plays a solid ten games in the season, and has like just below a Pro Bowl season, and they go, oh man, he has it, he can really do it, and then a team will pick him up, and then he won't do it for another three years, and then the next team gets it for one good time, and that's how it happens every single time. He didn't do anything last year worth the damn, didn't do anything year before that worth the damn, but three seasons ago he was that dude, and then once again. Two seasons before that, nothing at all. And one season before that, he was that guy. Okay, so I'm getting the vibe that we can agree with Sam Bradford being at number three. I don't, I don't want to say number three because because they're pay, they're just paying a lot for a backup quarterback. Sitting and doing what they got, they got Mike Glennon behind him for eight mil for two years. So I'm like, where y'all getting all this money from? But yet, you know, you you I don't trust you 
who you have as a, as a third wide receiver choice. You know, uh, you know your your linebacker core is super iffy. You know, at this point, you're claiming they're claiming linebackers off waivers like they did with 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 Drew Jeremy Cash. I don't know, I don't know what their end game is. I, I don't know if they're if they're playing to win or if they're playing not to lose. Uh, I think they're playing to eight and eight, baby. I think they're the new Rams of hmm. the, the Jeff Fisher eight and eight gang. But that's like I said, that's a different story for a different day. Number four is kind of surprising to me. He came in with 17 out of a possible 30 votes. So uh, Jeremy Hill came in at number four. Uh, Ouch. This kind of hurts me because he showed so much promise his rookie year, as a lot of young backs do. Then when teams start figuring him out, then it's time for those guys – to separate themselves, and I, he's replacing uh, Deion Lewis that went to Tennessee, which I think is a good pick for the for those guys. Jeremy Hill is in a running back by committee team. If that, uh, he's injury prone. You know, I have no problem with him, but I can see why the fans put him on the list. Uh, it, you know, it hurts me to see that because he's technically to some of one of the most talented backs in the league. I won't argue with you on that. I got to find out the reason why this Cincinnati felt the need to get rid of him. Uh, I didn't feel like they had a clear number one beforehand. I don't feel like they've gotten a clear number one off waivers and a clear number one in the draft. So I don't understand why they do that, but they must know something we don't know. So I, I can't argue with that. I mean, they might be right. Uh, if I did have a choice, I'd probably – replace him with Alan Hearns. I don't believe Alan Hearns on the Cowboys is the number one option either. Now they got rid of Dez between Alan Hearns and and with this out they still have Terrence Williams on there. Terrence Williams still on the NFL? Yeah, but he's um he's actually battling ankle injury, but I checked sources with Cowboys camp and he's actually cleared for training camp. So Terrence Williams should do what he's been doing. Catch a couple of deep balls and uh have a hurt disappear then disappear half the season with just with hurt self-esteem. Yeah, yeah, look, yeah. So, look, man, I, I I think the only other person I put on the list besides that, and if I could go one, I'm going – I don't trust Carlos Hyde in the Cleveland offense. No, that is – that's Duke Johnson's team, if you ask me. Exactly. Okay, so coming in at five, it was the first that we've – actually come across. Coming in at five with a tie is Albert Wilson going to Miami and believe it or not, his new teammate, Danny Amendola, going to Miami as well. I guess the fans are not buying these two guys playing with a shaky Ryan Tannehill at that don't don't really know their quarter their backup situation. I know Cutler's gone. You know, Amendola was in the perfect offense in New England. Get those short routes. Albert Wilson, if you saw him in Kansas City, he ran a lot of comebacks, but I don't think those are two guys that NFL corners are like, okay, we gotta watch these guys. I think they come up, press them, punch them right in the mouth, and take them out. 
I I see that only because of the fact that they 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 have what is essentially a team of slot receivers after giving up their best slot receiver being Jarvis Landry to the Cleveland Browns. Um, I uh, I don't think that's you a tricky argue one. with this one. I I could name other players instead, but I can't argue the fact that that's not a bus waiting to happen. Uh, they do have Devontae Parker in there, which I guess he can draw some double teams, I guess. Uh, Kenny Stills is still there when he feels like playing. Um, but, you know, I don't trust light-skinned wide receivers no way, so that's just me personally. Um, <laughs> I dig. I that. mean, Danny Amendola will get his. Uh, I can't I can't speak – I can't speak for Wilson, but Danny Amendola, he's a veteran. You know, this ain't his first team. This ain't his second team. This ain't his third team. He's going to get his. So, right, so I, give me – we'll leave Wilson out and give me an over-under Amendola. Over-under 60 catches. Then Amendola gets under 60 catches, but – but – but he gets over seven touchdowns. Okay, so you're giving him, what, high 40, low 50 range in catches? I'm giving him. I'm giving him. I'm giving him 35 catches. Oh. Out of 35, out of 35 catches, I'm giving you nine touchdowns. Okay, that's not a bad ratio. All right. My man is gonna be. My man is gonna be a functioning citizen. That's all. Okay, he's gonna pay his ta- his, his state taxes, even though you you're gonna get meat and potatoes numbers out of Danny Amendola. <laughs> all right, let's go into one of my favorite. Uh, topics. We're going to go buy or sell. I know last time we did this, we got a little hype. So let's see if we can keep that same enthusiasm. We have four topics that, yeah. again, this is all fan vote. Like I said, this show right here, we're just trying to keep showing love to the fans because without y'all, we want to get plays. I don't want to I don't want to play my own stuff and hear it. So number yeah. one, I'm telling you, man, the fans are on it today. They fan acts are the 49ers hype real? Is the 49ers hype real? And they put quotations, including the QB. So, as a team, is the hype that they're getting with Garoppolo, who, by the way, I don't know if you saw this in the team's uh, last minicamp. He went seven for 28, right? Mm-hmm. And that was not against a defense. So the man is at 21 completions against the air. I don't, I don't know how you face somebody 135 million and they missed 21 passes on no, on no defense. Um, just for the record, I love listening to myself and I play these things all the time <laughs> back to myself. I love the side of my own voice. Uh, to answer the question, look, uh, I it's proven fact that you cannot be a New England Patriot and then succeed on another team in a different system. There, uh, we can look far back as we can. We can look at who we go with. Let's see. Um, we can look back at anybody that left New England. <laughs> basically, I, I don't think about where to start, but anybody who's left the New England system uh, looking for "quote unquote" greener pastures. Has 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 never, never found what they were looking for because it's not the same thing. It's it's. But I mean, if you want to go, if you want to be professional and all that, we can say Brian Hoyer because you remember the type of buzz he was getting 
when he was in New England. And, you know, no knock on Brian Hoyer, but it, he's, you know, as soon as he left, he fell on his face. No, you're understand right, and it, and 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 you say the same thing. This guy, and I, and I'm gonna be mad when I can't remember his name. Give me some clues, and I'll, and I'll, I'll see if I can do it. He left New England, went to Kansas, and then and then and then oh, and Matt then Castle, easy money. There you go. I'm not gonna say that Garoppolo is worse than Matt Castle because Garoppolo has things on Matt Castle: height, arm strength. And handsome as good looks, if I can say so myself. Okay. But but the concept being is that it's not the same system. The 49ers had a pretty easy schedule towards the end of their season. You know, it was their games to lose. And let's get it twisted. He it wasn't like he was throwing 15 touchdowns and no interceptions here. He was breaking about even. He was controlling the fact that the defense isn't terrible and that he just had to manage the game. Uh I'm telling you right now, 49ers do not win more than five games this season. Uh, they don't cause any noise in, in, a, in an already soft, rebuilding NFC West. And Eric's going to find out that Garoppolo's not that dude because when, when Belichick ain't pulling the strings, them puppets can't dance. So we're going to go with Cell on the 49ers hype. Supercell. I'm talking about I'm in front of my house with a lemonade sign with the backwards E like a little kid just trying to sell everything I got. <laughs> All right. I'll, you know what? This doesn't happen too much, but I will agree on the sell part. I'm all in. <sighs> Get out of here. Okay. So let's go. Since we're, uh, we're in the NFC, we might as well stay there. Buy or sell. Bounce back year for Zeke and Dak Prescott. Well, it's out of the sophomore slump year. Uh, Zeke's going to have a full season, so Zeke's going to be okay. Zeke's going to do what Zeke's going to do because he ate when he was in. Dak, though, man, is make or break. This could be that. That's, let me see. Let's see. Let's see. What, what, what's that? What's, what's, what's Dak got left on his contract? I think he's coming into, what, his third, full. This is going to be his third year. Let's see. Let's see. I'm, I'm trying to see, because see, because he might have to look for something. I mean, he because he was hoping he's going to be the great beige hope, but but I mean, he's got to do something now. Now they'll give him they'll give him an inch because one, he didn't have his running back in for for some of the season last year, so I'll, they'll give him that, and they'll give him a little slack this year because he's not going to have Des Bryant, but he is going to have Allen Hearns, and and he is going to still have you know as we talked about before his other wide receivers. Uh he doesn't make the Pro Bowl, but I think the I think that the the, the Cowboys, who are perennial, this team should make it every year. Will not make the playoffs this year. Oof. And 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 with the second or the third round pick of the 2019 NFL Draft, the Cowboys will select a quarterback. Already. And the last thing I will say, and this is the last thing I'll say that's slightly the most racist, the quarterback they draft in the second or third round will be as white as the driven snow. I'm talking about a polar bear eating a mayonnaise <laughs> sandwich in a blizzard. All right. Um, I'm going to – I'll put it like this. I'll semi-buy depending on one thing. And we'll, we'll sh- shine away from Zeke and Dak. I know you saw – 
that Sunday night game when Dallas went to Atlanta and they didn't have their left tackle, Tyron Smith, and the guy that replaced them. I don't even know his name. and Thank God I don't even waste time learning his name. Give up <laughs> six sacks to Adrian Claiborne. Adrian Claiborne has six sacks in one game. I thought that Lawrence Taylor came back for a half or something. <laughs> he embodied them on the Space Jam stuff. The Dallas Cowboys O-line gets back to dominant form, and Zeke is taking that bowl of cereal every every snap. Dak is – it's just don't – just don't mess it up. That's it. Just – you have the keys. I'm not going to call the Cowboys a Porsche. You got the keys to the Escalade. Just – Ride that coattail. The Giants, I don't see them being any threat right now. They're still trying to rebuild. You get, you're talking right now, they get, you're taking – your your argument for the number one receiver in the league, uh, Odell Beckham, and then the number the number two draft pick. It's like number number, number, yeah, number, number two, two draft pick. Two. All right, Barkley. And then, and then their revamped defense. You're not giving the Giants no shine. No shine at all. I, I think they make as much noise as the 49ers this year. No, nah, you're crazy. They 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 picked up some guys, man. They they got they picked up a whole new cornerback core. They got they got they got uh, BW Webb. Uh they they go inside Teddy Williams, they got Curtis Riley, uh they got Michael Thomas. They they're 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 looking to try to make some moves. They they did a lot of defensive rebuilding on this offseason. So like I said, it's a semi buy on the Cowboys bounce back. Let's stay in. Like I said, the fans are loving. The fans want the NFC questions, and we're going to answer them. Okay, wait. wait, wait I got one, one AFC question I have to ask you personally. All right. So, okay. So, uh, your, your, your parents, your parents' life's on the line. Okay. All right. All right. All right. And one team has to go above 500. Are you taking the Baltimore Ravens or the New York Jets? Wow. <laughs> Above five, like one game over 500 or like a couple games? They have to, they have to hit over five. It'll be five zero and a digit. It'll be over 500. Ooh. Man. Uh, I'm going to go with. This will probably be a surprising pick. I'll go with the Jets. That is my cousin oh. Lewis team from, you know, shout out to shout out to Cuz. He's a diehard Jets fan. And I know if he will put his line his life on the line for the Jets, I'll put my life on the line for my parents for the Jets. Wow. All right. Hey, okay, and give me one player that made that decision for you. From the Jets? Either either a player good enough on the Jets to make you pick it, or a player bad enough on on on, on the on the Baltimore Ravens to make you not pick them. Well, like I said, the fans, you guys can go back to the previous episode when uh, my co-host, Mister Marvin himself, expressed his undyingly love for Joe Flacco, and I mean that in the most sarcastic way. Joe Flacco. I'm about to say, because Joe Flacco could eat glass. I wouldn't, I wouldn't chose Joe Flacco with my newborn baby, and I don't even have a kid yet. So that just shows you the level of trust right there. 
All right, fair enough. Continue on. Okay. Like I said, the fans want the NFC questions. They're heavy on NFC right now. I think we have a majority of our following are NFC fans. Shout out to the AFC, though, but NFC, that's where, it's, that's where the ballers play at. Do the Eagles repeat? That's what, that's what the people want. <laughs> Look, man, the Eagles only made it. And, 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 and I'm going to try to – okay, I'm going to take myself out of being a fan for a second. I'm going to take myself out of that miraculous catch. If you go back in time – and 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 one day I will I will I will give up this podcast and I will do, dedicate all my time to studying quantum physics. I'm gonna learn how to build a time machine. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna stop that stupid catch. If if New Orleans didn't let that catch go, and New Orleans beats <laughs> the Vikings, there's no way on God's green earth that the that the Eagles were gonna get past New England. I mean New, New Orleans, let alone get to New England. So you guys, so, you guys would have put them, put them in the coffin before they even thought about any of that. It'd have been a different world we live in right now. It'd have been a brighter, happier world. Thank I'm gonna tell you that right them. now. So I'm gonna say this: uh, No, they don't. The is NFC it, has is got it a hard sell. It's a hard sell because, and then even be taken out of the New Orleans out of, as as out of my equation. I think the NFC as a whole has just gotten better, maybe through the draft or the free agencies they were they've required. They've gotten some of the best players away from AFC teams. The NFC is a little bit tougher than it was last year, and I, and and a lot of quarterbacks have gotten a lot more confidence. Like facing Jared Goff week one last year and facing Jared Goff week one this year, completely different thing. This Jared Goff this year has all the confidence in the world. I don't want to face that. You know, there's a multitude of other locations that that have to worry about that kind of thing. And just because the just because the, the Eagles don't have to worry about too many things going on. In the NFC East, doesn't mean I got worry about what's ever going on in the rest of the NFC universe. True. Um, I'm gonna give a light sell only because I I still think they have a really talented roster. But when have you seen a Super Bowl champion repeat? Now you got a point. It's it's hard. It's hard to lose the Super Bowl and get back. My Panthers show that. Um, yes, it's hard to do. It's hard to do it in the NFC. The AFC has had a lot of the same teams rotating in and out, but the NFC has always been uh, a basket of crabs pulling each other down to try to make it to the top. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's like I said, it's hard to. You know, the, the AFC. You're right. Has their regulars that come to the bar, but the NFC. That, yo, there's always somebody new coming to that bar, though. You know, it, especially if you lose. If you lose the Super Bowl, it's hard. Let alone if you win it, it's going to even be more hard. Teams, you're going to get teams' best look every week. So, does Carson Wentz stay healthy the whole year? Can their defense relive the magic they did? I don't know. Is a light sell based on they're going to get everybody's best shot. Let's stay. And, and I, I, I'm going to give you this too. I want to give you a little fact, and that way, me and you could both, both, could both get in this one happy. All right. uh, the the NFC South is the only division to have sent every single one of their teams to the Super Bowl in the last 20 years. To me, and you know, you're a fan of the Saints. I'm a fan of the Panthers. Heat a rivalry in there. You take mm-hmm. away us being fans for a minute. And you look at it, 
and if the Buccaneers can figure it out, we have the best division in football. Easy. Easy. If the Buccaneers can figure their shit out, we have we already have the best division in football, but we can send four teams to the playoffs every year. Every year. It's, it's a matter of who's going to knock the other person out to not make it out of there. But there's nobody that will disagree that all four teams could not possibly make it into the playoffs. All four teams have quarterbacks that can have playoff runs. All four teams have dominant to almost superior defenses at times that's shown flashes. All teams have, you know, reliable tight ends. You know, it's, it's, you can look at every position and see ballers on each team. And you know what the best part about it is? There's also a lot of the main thing you need besides the quarterback play is there's a lot of consistency at the head coaching position. Exactly. There's not a lot of turnover in the, in the, in the, in the NFC South. No. Um, let's, like I said, man, uh, the topics are flowing in. We only can cover so much. Uh, the next one is I think I might get a, a nice reaction out of you on this one. Are the L.A. Rams after Dominican Sue, Tlaib, Marcus Peters, all those additions, are they a legit Super Bowl team? Hell, yeah. They were, Super Bowl, they were a Super Bowl contending team last year. I still don't know how they didn't make it in. Uh, let's go back to the NFC South. They ran into a hot Atlanta defense and shut down the eventual offensive player of the year and Todd Gurley down. Um, I do think their defense take propels into maybe the top 10 category. Their defense didn't really do anything for them last year. They still have to figure out the Aaron Donald situation, which I it's not too much to think about. Pay the man. The most dominant. The man, man trains with knives, for God's sake. Exactly. Go ahead. The most dominant deep tackle in the NFL, hands down. Um, if golf takes another step like he did last year, I can see them in the, making a deep playoff run. I'm going to go uh, a semi buy. You know, I'm going to be one of those guys that go buy the car, but I don't really want to buy it. I like the Rams. If they can stay healthy, I like Gurley. Gurley's looking like Eric Dickerson 2.0. The defense, if the defense wakes up, like I said, they did lose Tremaine Johnson, but they did gain Marcus Peters and Tlaib. Tlaib, if we can keep his head on, Marcus Peters can stop throwing penalty flags into the stands. (laughs) I think they make the run. Like I said, it's a light buy for me on the Rams Super Bowl run. Look, man, there's a lot of guys on that team that need to win now, that want to win now, the guys that have been in the playoffs and know what it feels like, uh, you know, and the best part about getting Akeem Tlaib is that you get Akeem Tlaib's mom who don't play no mess. Remember when she shot that guy? Yeah. So she don't take no mess of nobody. Of course, of course. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a hard, hard buy. I mean, like, they're in my Amazon cart, and I'm putting in rebuy every couple of weeks. I got the little button on my, on my refrigerator. I tap the button that orders it automatically. So I'm buying 100%. The Rams have as much case for anybody to potentially be on representing the NFC in the Super Bowl next year. All right. Uh, you know, this was a fun field show. Pretty much every topic we've come across had fan influence on it. Again, I'm going to speak for me, and I know Marvin feels the same. 
We appreciate you guys listening every week. We have an Instagram page coming soon. Uh, we're going to get the T-shirts going. And like I said, it's a lot of positive, positive, positive vibes coming from this. You can follow me on Instagram at the moment at Season Bones, S-Z-N Bones. And uh, Marvin, like I let you do every week, take the beautiful people out. Hey, everybody. Um, just I know the baby's doing great. So, you know, me, me and the missus are doing all right. Uh, follow Shout me on to Mrs. Marvin, though. <laughs> uh, see, uh, see me on uh, Merv underscore E out on the Twitter and uh, Smart Mouth Films on the Instagram. Uh, last thing I'll say, I'm going to take the people out. I will be, I looked up the Madden ratings for this season. Uh, they gave Drew Brees a 90, which I'm a little tight about, but I am happy that they gave uh, Cam Newton an 82. Uh, so <laughs> you know, that's, that's what's up. That'd be another topic for another day. God bless everybody. Uh, y'all have a good night. All right. Good night, everybody.